Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. My name is uh, Kevin Clark, and I, along with my friend and colleague, the preacher at the Old Mountain Church of Christ, Bob Hutto, are indeed coming from the Preacher's Study. That's literally where we're at. That's how the name was derived. And so we're very thankful for this opportunity to continue our studies with you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, many of you have been with us from the very beginning. Uh, some of you have come in along the way, and we appreciate all of our audience members and would like to grow that. And so we'd encourage you to, uh, if you like the, uh, the podcast, talk about it to other people. Talk about it to your friends, your coworkers, your fellow students, your neighbors, uh, your family members. Say, look, check this out. Uh, we'd like to have more and more people exposed to the Word. That's the important thing, that we're exalting the Word, studying the Word, trying to pull out. Uh, things that not only will enlighten us, but things that will make us better servants of God. And so very thankful. We've been studying specifically uh, the prayer, an oftentimes called uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, found in Matthew chapter 6, part of the Sermon on the Mount. And we've just made making our way through slowly but surely each of the provisions, seeing what can we glean from this prayer that will help us in our prayer life. Because after all, the beginning of that was to say, uh, in this manner, therefore pray. And so there was instruction given by Jesus to his disciples this is the way that you ought to pray. Now, we've made the point he wasn't giving a scripted prayer that has to be said this way every single time. It also wasn't covering the span of things that man can pray about. We know that from other scriptures. There are lots of things that we ought to pray to God about. But this is, is, is the kind of thing that we need to address uh, when we talk to our Lord and Savior, and there's some, some points to be taken away to enrich our prayer life. I want to thank our deacon, uh, Jason Reed, who's helping us uh, today, uh, and he is doing so by himself, and so we're very thankful for him. Uh, uh, our other deacon, Mark Towns, is not with us, but he'll be back soon, Lord willing. And uh, we just want to thank uh, Jason for lending his talents and abilities and also for his family for giving the sacrifice of him uh, to us. Brother Bob, got anything to tell? To well, to that? prayer is such an important subject. You know, you think about back over uh, the the Bible, uh, how many how many of God's people were praying people? Right. You know, the right. outstanding figures in mm -hmm. Bible history were were praying men and women, and so it's such an important thing that we we do that we we can learn how to improve our prayer practices and. Part of that instruction is found here in Matthew chapter 6. Absolutely. And Jesus is teaching us the simple prayer of a sincere individual avails a great deal with God. It's, it's, worth a, it's worth a lot. And uh, there were scripted prayers mm -hmm. in Jesus' day, just mm -hmm. like there are scripted prayers today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as Jesus says, here's just pray a simple, straightforward right. prayer like a child might uh, right. express himself to his father. Right. And that, that matters to God. That's important mm -hmm. to God. And, and so uh, I think that's very encouraging. Uh, you can be just a regular person, yeah, yeah. Uh, average man mm -hmm. or a woman, and express yourself to God, and he's promised to listen. Amen. And the, and the point is the attitude that's displayed, right? And, and the attitude of respect and reverence, the attitude of dependency and humility, uh, of coming to God for the things that you need, recognizing what he's done, an attitude of thankfulness. All we're talking about, these are matters of the heart. And so if you have your heart right, it ought to be expressed in these prayers. And these are the kinds of things. To glorify God, <clears throat> excuse me, is obviously something very important. To ask for your daily provisions is important. To ask for forgiveness of sins. I mean, all these things are, are just attitudes expressed in words towards God. If you have the right attitude, then that ought to be expressed in how you communicate with our Lord. Um, let's talk specifically about one aspect of the prayer. It's found in verse 13. Uh, before we get there, let's read for context all of the preceding verses of the prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And here's the verse we're going to focus on. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so I think this is an interesting concept about God leading us because that's baked into the cake, right? If he says, do not lead us into temptation, then the prayer, the disciple is saying, God, you do lead us and you are leading us on a path. And we're just asking that that path not include temptation. And that's a concept that we find throughout the scriptures, the idea of God leading us. And I just thought we'd look at a few passages along those lines. Look at Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. Jeremiah, the 10th chapter and verse 23. We're talking about the idea of God leading a person, leading us in our lives. And that is a concept we find all throughout both the Old and the New Testament. In Jeremiah chapter 10, 24, the Lord, uh, Jeremiah says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. And so the confession by Jeremiah is made is that we don't know how to order our lives. We don't know the path that we ought to take. We don't know the steps we ought to take. And the implication, although not stated, but clearly the implication is the Lord does know these things, right? And so rather than to strike out on our own path and do what we think is right and you know, follow the path that we think is most appropriate, no, we need to follow the path that the Lord leads. We find a similar concept in Psalm 23, which is very popular and a very well-known psalm. But again, the idea of God leading us in our lives uh, is a very prominent figure or uh, a metaphor that we see and a concept that we need to adopt in our own lives. In Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads, there's our word, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me, there we go again, in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I like this idea of the Lord being a shepherd and leading the sheep. We're the sheep in the paths that we are to go, leading us to the paths of righteousness, leading us beside the still waters where we get nourishment from. And of course, that very same concept is found in the New Testament in John chapter 10, where Jesus says, he is the good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. We are the sheep. We listen to the shepherd and follow his lead. John chapter 10, begin verse 1. Most surely I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and listen to this, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So we see this thread of consistency, the idea of God leading his people. And we need to be led by God. We must be his sheep. We take our cues from the shepherd. So again, in this prayer of do not lead us into temptations, baked into it, the concept that God ought to be leading us uh, as our creator, as our God, as our Lord. Well, I thought of another passage, that uh, one that I like, Deuteronomy 31, verse, mm -hmm. verse 8. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. There's that right. idea of leading, although That's right. it's expressed a little differently. Right, right. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. Right. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear, be dismayed. And so, mm -hmm. and so he's leading us. He's going ahead of us. Right. We follow his lead. There's yeah. no reason to fear. Absolutely. And of course... You know, you, you mentioned John 10 a moment ago mm -hmm. where Jesus is leading, though, leading his sheep. Right. He 
they hear his voice right. and they follow him. Exactly. Well, he's just saying, you know, we we receive the teaching of the word, right. we receive the teaching of Christ as it's given to us in the word, right. and we put it into practice. We obey right. him. And so that's how Christ leads us. Right. It's through listening to his voice, listening mm-hmm. to his teaching, and putting that into practice. Amen. And then he says in that leading, the specific prayer is, don't lead us into temptation. And so obviously that's a very important thing because we know that every uh, sin is preceded by temptation. Let's turn over uh, to James chapter 1 uh, to look at that concept. James chapter 1, and we'll begin. Um, uh, I lost my place there. Sorry verse about 13, that. maybe. Yes, that's it. Sorry about that. Actually, verse 12. Okay. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. And so all sin is preceded by temptation. Now, James tells us that God does not tempt us and God cannot be tempted. So, you know, sometimes people will blame God Mm -hmm. for things that they fall into, sinful habits. Maybe it's adultery, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's profanity. And, oh, God, you made me this way. Oh, God, you did this to me. No, 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 no. God doesn't tempt anyone. He says, when you're tempted, you're drawn away by your own desires. And so God puts the onus for sin back on us. And so we have to take responsibility. But notwithstanding that reality, we can still say that in the process of God leading us, Please don't put us in situations where we're going to be tempted. We don't. We want to be led away from that. And you know, we're going to be tempted. That's going to happen. But we don't want to be put into a situation where we're overwhelmed or where we're exposed to things that we don't need to be exposed to. There's a part that we ask God to help us in that, and there's a part that we play in that as well because we can choose our path, right? We can choose as the sheep. Do we follow the shepherd or not? Mm-hmm. The shepherd says, don't go over here. Do we listen to him or do we not? Mm-hmm. One of the ways we cannot listen to him is a concept that's found in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, uh, the idea of making provision for the flesh. Let's look over there real quick. Romans chapter 13, and verse 14. The Bible says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. And so again, we have God's part. We have our part. Our part is don't put yourself in harm's way. You know, sometimes we will put ourselves in situations, expose ourselves to people, expose ourselves to things that we know we have no business being around. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder why we fail spiritually. Well, we put ourselves in harm's way. We've got to be careful. Don't make provisions for the flesh. Don't try to indulge it. There might be some movies you don't need to see. There might be places you don't need to go because of what people are wearing. There may be certain uh, companionship. You don't need to be around. Evil companionship corrupts good morals. So, yes, we can pray, don't lead us into temptation, but that doesn't exclude us from doing our part to not put ourselves in harm's way. Right. Well, you know, God's going to, he's going to take care of us. And, you know, Romans chapter 8, he says, you know, if God was willing to give his own son, won't mm-hmm. he give us all things mm-hmm. that we need? Right. And so as verse 32, who, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? And so he's mm-hmm. going to he's going to take care of us. He's going right. to provide for us. He's going to empower us and mm-hmm. enable us to overcome temptation right, right. if we follow his lead. Now we can choose to not follow his lead if we want to, and then all bets are off, you That's know. Right. But but as long as we're following that voice, following his lead, 
He's not going to lead us down a path right. that uh, is going to be too strong and overpowering for us. So thought about 1 Corinthians 10. Absolutely. <laughs> verse 13, uh, those we can maybe keep in mind, you know, we're listening to the voice of God. Right, we're right. listening to the voice of the shepherd. Right. He says, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. Mm. God is faithful. Right, right. All of this is founded on that fact that God right. is faithful to you. Right. And so he's not going to promise to be with you and then not fulfill that promise. That's he's going right. to be faithful to that. Absolutely. So God is faithful, not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but mm -hmm. with the temptation will provide the way of escape also right. so that you'll be able to endure it. And so God is not going to put us in situations that are too strong for us, That's that exactly overpower right. us. Yeah. And so he may put we may be put in situations that uh, are challenging for right, us. Right. And God might have positive uh, reasons for doing that. Right, right. And so, for example, uh, Bob needs to develop a little patience. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let him go through this <laughs> period of trial right, right. that is going to test his patience. And he'll right. grow through that. Right. Uh, but he's not going to put us in a situation where it's impossible for us not to yield to temptation. That's I'm not right. sure I said that very well, oh, but I know, I know maybe, what you, maybe know what, you know what I mean. <laughs> but he's yeah. gonna, his purpose is to deliver us from those. That's exactly. This is one of my favorite verses because it is liberating, it empowers us, and yet it does hold us accountable because with every temptation, we know there's a way of escape. That's a promise from God. And so we, A, need to have enough knowledge that we know that we're in spiritual jeopardy. Sometimes that's a problem. People are ignorant. They don't know that their souls are in jeopardy because they don't know the Word of God. And, and two, we need to have enough wisdom to be looking for uh, the way of escape. And three, once we've found it, we've got to have the desire to take it. I mean, sometimes people see the way of escape and decide, nope, I don't, I don't prefer the mm -hmm. sin. I like the passing pleasure of sin. So there's kind of a, a tripartite thing there of being, one, knowledgeable enough to know that you're in jeopardy, two, to, to, to look for the way of escape, and three, have the desire to take it when it's presented to you. But I, that really is encouraging to me because, as you said, there's never a situation where the devil is allowed, and that's a key point we're going to talk about just a little bit, the devil is allowed to use his influence so much so that we can't possibly do what is right. Right. You can always do what's right. Mm -hmm. It might be difficult. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, but we're never in a situation where we cannot do right. That's exactly right. Well, we're running out of time, so let's get to back to that prayer again. And the other part of it was not don't lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And of course, we understand the evil one to be Satan, uh, to be the devil, mm -hmm. and he's asking for deliverance from the evil one. And, and one of the things about that that's very important is yes, we understand the devil is our adversary. First Peter five walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Yes, he's savvy. Yes, he's cunning. Yes, he's crafty. Yes, he has power, but despite all those attributes, he can be overcome only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's really Ephesians chapter 6, right? Let's go over there real quick. And, and we want to make the point that we can always resist the devil if we do it through the power that God gives us through his word. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Here we go again. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Twice, Paul says there, here's the key. If you want to overcome the devil, if you want to have that power, be strong in the Lord. Don't take on the devil on your own. Don't rely upon your own cleverness, your own power, your own willpower. No, 
Be strong. Be rooted in the power that comes through God. In other words, you study God's Word. You develop the faith that's going to allow you. Later on, it talks about to quench the fiery darts of the evil one. You pray to God and develop that personal relationship. You get strong in spiritual. You go on a regular basis to the assemblies of the church so that you're built up and you build others up. You do those kinds of things, being well-rooted. Guess what? Then you can overcome the devil. He can be resisted. Go ahead. I just thought of a couple of passages. Psalm 119. Mm -hmm. verse 11 your word i've treasured in my heart that i may not sin against you so that corresponds with what you're saying lay up the word learn the word lay it up in your heart that's going to help you resist sin and your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path Mm -hmm. you know i think jesus statement lead us not into temptation doesn't it suggest that that we do have some weaknesses we do we have weaknesses and Mm -hmm. we're asking god to help us you know, I understand I've got these weaknesses. Right. Help me to avoid those situations yes. Yes. that, you know, where the devil preys on my weakness. Right. Right. Help, help me, you know, get me out of those situations. That's right. That's right. But we need to pray that honestly and sincerely. Right. That uh, I understand my weaknesses and I'm, I'm asking for God's help to overcome those or Amen. to deal with them effectively. Amen. Well, we've run out of time, but we do want to emphasize what an important uh, avenue we have prayer where we can ask the Lord to lead us in a way, as Bob said, that we're not more vulnerable than we typically would be. Lead us away from those temptations. And he can deliver us from the evil one. That's a really important point. Uh, James talks about resisting the devil and he will flee from you. So the point to be made is through God, we can overcome the devil and whatever he throws at us. But that's the key point through God. Let us be prayerful people and ask for God to help us lead us in the right path. And if you're out there and you're not a part of his sheepfold, you need to become one of the sheep. And they do that by obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then he can be your shepherd. Then all of this promises about guidance and direction and going down the path of righteousness, that all comes into play. But before you get a part of his uh, the sheepfold, you don't have those promises. And so let's, let's listen to the voice of the good shepherd and go down this path of righteousness that the disciples are praying Keep us on and keep us away from the devil. Any other closing remarks? Well, I've just enjoyed the study. It's uh, I've been on Sunday nights recently talking about Jesus teaching on prayer mm-hmm. and hopefully uh, just learning from that how we can improve and mm-hmm. strengthen our own prayer practices. And this fits in just it perfectly does. with that. Yeah. And it's uh, worth considering and, and thinking about very seriously. And uh, if we do that, I think we'll see the benefit from it. Amen. Well, as we always do, want to close out the podcast with a word of prayer. And I ask our brother to lead us in that. Our Father in heaven, we, we bow before you. We recognize your worthiness of our devotion and adoration. Father, we pray that we will always consider you and your name to be holy and hallowed. It's always special to us. And we want to hold your name in reverence and stand before you in awe. Our Father, we pray that uh, in our lives that you will, uh, you will have the authority, that you will rule, that we will uh, be obedient and uh, submissive to your King, Jesus Christ, who sits at your right hand, and that we will always bow before him, give him honor and loyalty and allegiance and obedience. Our Father, we pray that you will provide our needs each and every day, uh, that uh We'll have the things that sustain us, our daily necessities, and whatever else we have, Father, beyond that, we pray that uh, we'll be willing to, do, to share with those who have less um, and be generous in that, uh, in that sharing. Our Father, we pray that you'll forgive us our, our sins 
We know that we stumble and fall. We pray, Father, that you'll help us to see those areas where we need to make improvements, those things that we need to eliminate from our lives, and that you'll be patient with us and have mercy upon us and forgive us. Help us to see those things and turn away from them. And we pray that you'll forgive us. Help us, Father, to learn from your forgiving nature that we ought to forgive others as well, that we ought to be as generous and broad in our forgiveness as you have been with us. Help us, Father, to resist the, uh, the tendency to put limits on our forgiveness, that we'll forgive those who sin against us as often as they, they ask, and, and that we'll forgive whatever they, however they might sin against us. Father, we pray that you'll lead us, that you'll guide us, that we'll follow your lead, that we'll follow your guidance, that we'll listen to the voice of our shepherd, Jesus Christ, and that we'll follow him. And we know, Father, that if we'll do that, if we follow in his steps, we'll avoid the pitfalls and the temptations that so easily beset us. Father, we pray that when we are in difficult situations, that we will not allow the devil to overcome us, that that we'll turn to you for that way of escape and that you'll deliver us from the evil one. Help us, Father, as we go through our, throughout our lives. We pray that you will always be our God and that we will be your children and we'll come under your protective care. We pray these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Amen.